Awesome. Well, good morning, Mr. Hunt. Your mission, should you choose to accept it. <laughs> Any other Mission Impossible fans out there? It's fun stuff, isn't it? I should start off by this way. Good morning, K2. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to establish multiplying churches throughout the West Wasatch Front and the world that engage those who are being sought by God. So years before, man, probably 13 or 14 years ago, when we were still back in Michigan in the Detroit area, uh, sensing this call to move out here to start K2 the church. That's what we really believe that God put on our heart. That we were supposed to come out, out here to, to plant multiplying churches throughout the Wasatch Front and the world that engage those people who are being sought by God. And I don't know if you know that, but God is always seeking, man. He's the actual seeker. And he's coming after us. So that's why we exist. Now, why do we do that? Because in 1 Timothy 2, it says, this is good and pleases God, our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. 2 Corinthians 5 says it this way, all of this is actually from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ Jesus and he gave us, so something we have as a church, K2 the church, he gave us a ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. So here's what I want to let you know, you guys, K2 the church exists to help every person take one step closer to God. Every person take one step closer to God. That's you, sir, you win, you win the prize. So, so what, what does that mean though for us? If it's every person, that means that the atheist who takes moves to being an agnostic, that's one step closer. When it, a person who's an agnostic, if that's you, and if you're here today, thank God you're here, because that's why we're here. Because God wants every person to know him. But so when a person who's agnostic actually moves to believing that there's a God, a theist, that's one step closer. When a theist actually believes, comes to the, uh, opens up the Bible and actually sees that no, this is the one true God that's revealed in scripture, that's one step closer to God. When a believer in God takes a step, because there are people who believe in God, but you'll, another step closer is to receive him now, actually get him inside your life. And then new believers, brand new, taking steps to get rooted and established. And those of us who follow Christ to continue this walk, it's always, you can always take one step closer. And disciples of Christ, people are saying, I'm all in, man. I want to be everything that Jesus created me to be. When you take a step of, to reckless faith, when you throw off everything and move from walking to running, the race that he's marked out for you. Here's what's cool. This morning, every one of you, including me, like I, this year for me, I want to take one step closer to God. And that's his desire for every single one of us. So that's why we're here as a church. And so before I dive into the message portion, Tom Johnson is a good friend of mine here. And Tom's one of those guys who the first time he walked into these doors, he was pretty much over here in his relationship with God. But he has taken step after step after step after step. This is one guy who's really understood the fact and the truth that you can take one step closer to God no matter how far you are in your journey. All right, so let's watch this. I used to think Christians were boring, dumb, crazy. You know, I didn't want to have anything to do with them. Um, matter of fact, I was a persecutor. I used to, in college and such, I would actually you know, make fun of those people, call them part of the God Squad, and think they're weak and, and, and just, you know, not able to think on their own. I don't know how far I could be from the truth. When I realized what God really was, I saw what I was missing. If I look back at my life, particularly from high school, college, into early adulthood, up until about age 30 was pretty much all about me. It was about uh, satisfying me, whether it was through alcohol, drugs, women, whatever it took. It was all 
very um, self-absorbed. I got married at 30 for my first time, and um, it calmed me down a bit. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't as crazy as I used to be. That marriage lasted only a couple of years. After that marriage, I realized that I'd been living my life for me and that there was something more out there. I didn't know exactly what it was. I thought it might be God, and I started exploring and looking for that. I got remarried, I better get this right, September 23, uh, 23, 2006. So it was nine years ago this past year. Uh, Andrea was my wife, was the one who really started thinking that we were missing out on something and started searching. And so she started looking around at other churches and um, eventually settled on K2. And um, she challenged me to come to K2 for seven weeks and in addition to that, start going to a small group for seven weeks. I figured I could do anything for seven weeks if it would get her to lay off me, and I could go back to my comfortable 60-minute Christian life. Well, we started going, and I sat there reluctant. I had my arms folded. I was not, you know, I wasn't listening. Uh, I was hearing, but not listening. Then a funny thing happened. Uh, probably about the second or third week of coming, realized that I wasn't just being preached to, being sermonized. I was being spoken to, and I started listening instead of just hearing. It starts working your heart. And, you know, I like the Grinch sometimes. You have that little tiny heart. And then as it gets, you start engaging more and more. My heart started growing more and more. And the more I want, the more it started growing, the more I wanted to do. The more I wanted to get involved. and the things getting involved. It wasn't to make myself better or try to redeem myself in any way. It was, it was transferring that love that God gave to me to others. But I'd say to those who are still seeking after God or maybe don't even know God, just sitting out there for the first time today is, um, don't be afraid to listen, first of all. Um, you're here, that's a big step. But don't do like I did for 10, 12, 14 years, just sit in the back and be a participant and, and be a listener. Be a participant. Take a chance. Take, throw away what's comfortable and take that step because I will tell you, every time you make that, that step towards God, He's there to lead you on, to give your, take your hand and pull you closer. Step out of that comfort zone. Um, Make that effort. There's somebody out here that will help you with it. And there's, there's a God up in heaven who's waiting for you to take that step. So what a perfect time of the year to be thinking about what steps you're going to take, right? Anybody else appreciate New Year? How many of you have New Year's resolutions? Okay, six of you. That's great. Good luck on that. But I, seriously, if you remember when we did our series on time, one of the things that we learned is that God, in Genesis, it actually says that he created the cosmos. The, the actual way that our universe is created was for the purpose that we would have years. God created this. And isn't it amazing that somehow when it comes to the end of a year and there is a new year, there's this chance to be able to say, oh my God, that was last year. Anybody ready? Anybody glad 2015 was last year? <laughs> All right. And now moving into 2016. Now let me ask you this question. How many of you, even though you may not have resolutions, have things in 2016 that you hope change? How many of you have things that you want to see change? Okay. It's human and it's divine to want to change. And I am really excited for a new year. I, I've been thinking a lot about January, a lot in December, trying to prepare myself to get ready for this new year. But I, I received a real gift. This has not happened. I don't know if it's ever happened to me. Um, Thursday, which was New Year's Eve, or New Year's Eve day, so that was uh, the last day of 2015. 
I sat down and God just showed up for me in a really cool way. I hadn't started praying. I hadn't known my Bible yet. In fact, I was reading a sports article in the Detroit Free Press on Mark D'Antonio, the coach of the Michigan State Spartans. And God totally used that article. As I was reading it, he kept speaking to me and revealing things to me and gently convicting me about things in my own life. And then right in the middle of the article, I get a text from a friend and he says, Dave, you've got to watch this video. Please watch this. It has impacted me so much and you, you need to see this thing. After I get done reading the article, Susie sits down and she goes, Dave, she goes, listen to this, this poem that Jordan Lewis just sent me. She wrote it to us last night. She reads me this poem. You guys, it was crazy. Without even trying to be spiritual. I wasn't even seeking after God. And he started speaking to me through an article in a, in a magazine an, online, through a video, through a poem that somebody wrote here. And then I picked up a new book that uh, Matt Chandler, one of my uh, pastors I really look up to in the nation, he rated it as one of his top five books of all time. It's called The Imperfect Pastor. So I said, I better get that one. And, um, but I picked it up. And, and for some reason, as I walked by, I've had it for a little while, I opened it up and I just read the first page of the introduction. And he said it to me again. I, this might sound super uber spiritual thing, but it was a weird morning for me. Because <laughs> I wasn't even seeking after God, but I felt like he was seeking me. And then what happened was, um, I spent most of the break between Christmas and New Year's, not most of it, I spent a lot of it, on my hands and knees, um, putting in a new floor in our basement. Because... Um, <laughs> We had a carpet that were going down our stairs into the bottom, and it was just disgusting. Have any of you guys ever had carpet for way too long? <laughs> I, said, I, I said, Susie was about to divorce me if I didn't get rid of that carpet, you know? It was so nasty. But then we ripped out the carpet, and plus we get water sometimes seeping into our basement, so she was fearful of mold. And so I rip out all the carpet, and then it just stayed cement, right? It was just gross. So I spent some time finally putting in some new flooring. And um, so here, here's the picture of it. And I don't know about you guys, right? But, um, but when you, when, when you, if you've, so you see those stairs, I mean, it's chipped, it's painted, it's old crappy tile. And then at the bottom, it looks so completely new. And, and I'm just, can I just be vulnerable with you? When I got done just with that thing, you guys ever, I don't know if you guys do this when you do a home project, I just walk by every once in a while, just go, How many of you do that? Right, right. But isn't it fun when you do a home project and it's something that you can see the change immediately? It's new. Here's what happened, man. I read that article, watch this video, listen to this poem, read one page in a book. And I decided, I'm going to go look at that one more time. And I looked and I just felt like God said to me, that's what I want to do in you. And I think he might do it. I have hope for 2016 that what is in my heart right now that's chipped, old crappy tile and cement that God wants to make it new. And here's what I want to tell you from the Bible. I'm going to show you this in just a minute. Every one of you in this room God wants to transform you. So you raise your hand and you say, I want change. And I'm telling you, it's human and it's divine because God is always saying, this is what I do. So here's what I'm gonna tell you. Um, I have a, I, I'm gonna try to go through scripture that I believe at some point this morning, every one of us will get hit, okay? Every one of us. But I have to go really quickly to get to every one of us. But here's what I learned on Thursday morning. God can speak to you like this. He can speak to you like this. But like Tom said in his video, I stopped sitting out here just listening and I started to hear. So here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna pray, but I'm gonna ask you, would you pray for yourself? Would you just pray? And ask God to give, remember how many times Jesus would say, he who has ears, let him hear. Would you ask him to give you ears to hear? Because he is a living God and his spirit is in this room. And he wants you to take one more step.
so that you can experience the transformation he has for you, okay? Let's pray. God, every hand that raised, I, t- I picture you just with a little sweet grin on your face going, oh, I know. I know. I know the change you want to see in your marriage. I know the change you want to see in your own heart. I know the anger you want to get rid of. I know the bitterness, the unforgiveness. I know the addictions. I know the the, the relational patterns. I know. I know. So God, in this next half hour, would you just be gracious to us this morning and use your holy word and your Holy Spirit to speak to every heart, to help them to know how they can take one more step closer to you, no matter where they're at in their journey. And I just want to say, thank you. I am so glad that you are relentless with me. And that as long as I live on this planet, you will never stop being committed to transforming me so that I can be new. And I pray you'd give everyone in this room that hope in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so here we go. Number one, you can get one step closer by seeking God. One step closer by seeking God. And and in this one, I simply want to talk to you guys who are here this morning, and you're like, you're here at church, and you have no idea why you're here. You don't know how you got here. Maybe it's through a friend or a spouse, or, but you would say, I'm not a religious person. And so the fact that I'm even in church is a big deal. And I just, I just want to say, I can't tell you how many times I've heard in K2's 11-year history from people, I'm not a religious person. And I, it's wonderful because I love to say, me neither. <laughs> me neither. But point is, sometimes some of you don't even believe that there's a God or you're not, and that's fantastic. Again, that's why we're here. Because if there is one, then that's the most important thing to be able to discover for your life. And some of you actually do believe that there is a God, but you're also not religious, but you can tell that there's something more. So look at this verse, Acts chapter 20, verse 26 and 7 says this, from one man, God made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And listen to this. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. And God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any of us. I just love that even in this passage, God is just saying the appointed time for you to be on this planet and even where you're at, God is actually involved in that. If that's true, then it's really no accident that you're here this morning. And why are you here? Why did you live here? Why did you meet this friend? Why did you marry that person? What could it be even potentially that today would be a day where God, where you might seek after God, where you might reach out to him and perhaps find him? And that's why God does all this. It's amazing to me. And I love though what it says at the end there. He says, you're reaching out for him and you're trying to find him, though he is not far from any of us. So just know that today. Know that God is really, really close to you. I asked Jordan Lewis if I could read her poem because I was just blown away by this. So just listen and imagine you in this poem as you're seeking after God. Lord, you are the best soulmate. Can I return the beauty? The gentle pad of your footsteps beside me, sometimes the hard thud of you running to catch me. I love this phrase. You lose all dignity when it comes to me. How can you, O infinite, enjoy me? Me, who you know intimately. Me, of whom each thread you wove meticulously savoring each individual one, memorizing the fibers and phrase. I become braille, so you trace me in my darkness many times, have learned the sound of my breathing when I hide. 
You have topographically mapped the terrains of hell, blindfolded yourself, and made the trek so that when I go there, you're familiar. You trace my steps, lines that you've drawn many times. Love like this knows no distance, only proximity. Never far behind. The courage to be a fool, you're the one everyone shakes their head at, yet you never seem to notice your eyes only search for mine. Zeal, all-consuming. The idiocy of your decision, but you are full of hope every time. Confident of your love's gravitational pull, I'm reeled in slowly until my final days. Yeah, that's just. The funny thing is, we, he does say that I do all this so that you'll reach out to me. Perhaps find me and that you would seek after me. But I, here's what I want to tell you. You're only sitting in this room because of his gravitational pull. No one ever becomes a Christian because they found God. Anybody who's truly a Christian goes, I am here because he found me. So what are some steps? What could be a step for you if you don't believe in God yet? Just keep coming here. Join us every Sunday. Join us every week as we seek to just be in his presence. Because I'm telling you, you need to be in his presence and you need to hear his word. Next week, uh, here at K2, we started a thing that we call Base Camp. And we wrote it for you. So if you, if, you, if, you don't if you don't understand the fundamental basic truths of what Christianity is, you can't even put your faith in him because you don't know yet, next Sunday, every, and we just do this on a regular basis, 9.30 a.m., there will be base camps. Sign up today, show up. That's a step for you. That's a really good step to get you closer to God. And then you can come to 9.30, go to, I mean, go to base camp 9.30, and then 11.30, you can come to the service. And then I, here's another step for you. Do, do me a favor. Go have coffee with a friend who believes this crazy stuff. Because I'm telling you, I don't think there's anything better than just having coffee with somebody who you trust, who you already have a friendship with. And can I just clue you in if you're not a believer in Christ? It is really hard for Christians to start spiritual conversations. How many of you Christians struggle to start spiritual conversations? Okay, the rest of you are lying, so it's okay. <laughs> But no, and the reason I want to say that is I, want, I wanted you to see the hands that go up because sometimes you just need to know if you, if, you, if you want to understand about Jesus, seriously, if you have a friend who's a Christian, the coolest thing that would really honor them, they'd love to talk to you about it. They're just scared to, okay? So if you want to take a step, take someone out for coffee, all right? You can get one step closer by seeking after God. Number two, you can get one step closer by receiving God. You can get one step closer by receiving God. Some of you in here this morning, you have been seeking. You come here regularly or semi-regularly. You actually totally believe that there is a God and you even believe that Jesus exists. But there's a really interesting verse in the Bible in James when it says, you believe that there is one God. Good. Even the demons believe that and they shudder. So now what does that mean? See, Satan actually believes in Jesus. He, he, he's well aware of Jesus. But there's something that has to change. See, some of you right now, you have cognitive assent that there's a God and that Jesus is there, but you've never received him into your life. You've never actually put your faith in him. And this is really, really important because for some of you, your step is a step of faith to actually trust him. Here's what, here's, what Jesus, here's what it says in John chapter one. It says, to all who did receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born, not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. 
See, what is Christianity, you guys? And this is so important to understand in our American culture. Christianity is a spiritual transaction where at one point you are separated from God in your soul and in your spirit, and then through Jesus Christ, you actually get reconciled back to him. So what this was saying is, you actually get born of God. Jesus put it this way. He says, no one can enter my kingdom unless you're born of my spirit. And that spiritual rebirth happens when you believe in him and when you actually receive him into your life. So a lot of you, you might come, and here's, you need to understand this. You can come to church on a regular basis. You can read your Bible. You can be on a serving team. You can give financially. You can do all those things and never be a Christian. You guys understand that? That's usually what we call religion. That's when people try to do things to show God, hey, look at me, I'm good enough. <laughs> you should let me into heaven. And God goes, you will, your heart will never be transformed by you trying to be good. So the only way you can get into my, into my kingdom and enter into a relationship with me is by faith. And so for some of you, your step today or sometime in 2016 is you got to stop being religious and you got to stop trusting that you're going to be good enough for God someday and instead, finally admit, God, I'm never going to be good. And I need you to save me. And when you receive Christ, then he takes away all of your sin and you receive his spirit. And now, you want to talk about getting closer to God? <laughs> That's when you get close to God. Because his spirit is inside you. So number one, some of you can take a step closer just by seeking but some of you who are seeking, your next step is actually to receive him. And I'm gonna tell you, man, after the service, I had a beautiful moment after the first service with a gal who's been here for a year and finally today was just like, I'm ready and I want him in joyful tears. And all I could think of as I was praying for her was this girl's finally gonna be free because she was trying so hard to be good. Oh, anyway, good stuff. Number three. For those of you who've actually received him, oh, by the way, the a second step that you can take is, is our baptisms are gonna be uh, on Wednesday night, January 27th. And so for some of you, if you actually have made a decision to receive Christ, but you've never been baptized, that's your next step. Because you receive Jesus as Lord, and your Lord says the first thing you do is you get baptized. So if you've never taken that step, then join us on, the, on Wednesday night, the 27th. It'll be a great celebration. All right, number three. So now that you actually have Christ, what happens? You can get one step closer by craving God. Get one step closer by craving God. So if you are brand new, okay, to this whole Christian thing, here's what it says. Remember, you are born again. So, so the Bible uses this type of terminology so that you can understand what's going on in your spirit, okay? And then this verse says, like newborn babies, <laughs> So if, if you're new spiritually, you're like a newborn baby. Can I just ask you, how many of you have had babies? How many of you have actually had, not men, men too, if, you, if your wife's had a baby? Okay, so you've been around babies. What do you expect a baby to do? Yeah, yeah, cry, crap their pants, and eat, right? That's it. And so what the Bible says is, when you're brand new, crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Isn't that awesome? So some of you guys, you're brand new in this thing and you're like, oh my gosh, I had no idea that God was this loving and this good and you've enjoyed that. Then he says, okay, then crave it. You guys, it's, it's like the Christmas cookies my kids made. Oh my gosh. I did the wrong thing, man. I tasted and found out it was good. I could not walk by that stupid table without grabbing another one. That's called a crave. So are you craving after pure spiritual milk? Hebrews chapter five says that pure spiritual milk is the elementary truths. There are some foundational things because here's what I'm gonna tell you. Can I tell you this? The excitement you feel when you're newly born goes away. 
right? You are not going to feel God all the time. And if your relationship is based on your feelings, you will be gone before you know it. So you got to get rooted and established. That's what it says here. So what are some next steps for you if you're brand new? Again, if you haven't taken base camp, take it. Get in there. I, I'm taking a guy through base camp right now. And every time I do that with somebody, I'm like, God, this is great. This is good. This is what we all need. I need it after 30 years. It's the elementary truth. It's your foundation. Next Sunday, 930, man, join base camp. That is your step. It'll help you get closer to God. K2U, starting in February. Look for those classes. We'll be promoting those in a few weeks. It's another step that you can take. And join a Life Together group. Again, this one hour is not enough. If you're brand new in the faith, man, you need to be nurtured and cared for and poured into and fed. So get in a small community of people who can help do that for you. All right? One step by seeking, one step by receiving, one step closer by craving. Now, let's talk about the majority of us in this room who would say you're a follower of Christ, okay? That you're a Christian. I got really good news for you. You and I can get one step closer to God. I'm telling you, I've said this so many times here, but nothing has frustrated me more after I really found Jesus than finding people. You find people who they're newly born in the faith and they're so excited about it and then they run into a person who's been a Christian for a long time and that person will go, oh, don't worry, that'll go away. And here's, what I, here's, here's, here's the truth. It does not have to go away. If you're walking it will get more intense and more beautiful. And Jesus, you'll get closer and closer and closer to him. So listen to me. If you've been stagnant as a Christian, if there's no vibrancy, if there's no fruit, I got good news for you, man. Anytime you can take one step closer to God. So look at this. Romans 6, 3 says, don't you, because don't you know, right, that all of us who've been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death. Listen to this. In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. I love that passage, man. You and I should be experiencing a newness of life. When we're walking in him, Colossians 2, 6 and 7 puts it this way. Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. So you guys, just as you received him, how did you receive Christ? Again, nobody finds him. Every person who received Christ is because you were saved by what? Grace. It's a gift. It's a move. God always comes first. And then a Christian is somebody who that when God was pouring his grace and stirring your heart, you are somebody who said, I believe. That's it. You're saved by grace through faith. God prompts your heart and you take a step of faith. That's how you were saved. And what you can put that scripture back up there. And what the scripture says is just as you, put, I'm sorry, verse six, just as you received Christ in the same way, Walk in him. What does that mean? That means when, when God spoke to you the first time and helped you to realize that you wanted to begin a relationship with him, he didn't say, he, God didn't speak one time and then go, okay, that's it, I'm done, you're good. That's not how he works. No, he started on that day becoming your dad. And you became his child. And his spirit is now inside of you to speak to you and to lead you. So, and he prompts you, you walk by faith. First Thessalonians 4.1 says this, finally, brothers, we ask and we urge you in the Lord Jesus, that as you received from us, how you ought to walk and to please God, just as you are now doing, that you do so more and more. See, so for many of you in this room, you can go, way to go, right? If you were, if you were the recipient of Paul's letter, he'd be going, way to go, man, you're doing it. You're actually doing it. But can I just tell you, you can do it more and more. Isn't that exciting? Thank you, that one person. Who's excited about that? <laughs> no, seriously, you need to know that whatever you've experienced with God, your greatest moments are waiting for you. There's more and more. Can I just say, this is so important to understand, there is no neutral with Jesus. It's impossible 
to be neutral. You can't just stick it out of gear and go, all right, I'm just gonna coast now. You either move forward in God or you move farther away from God because you're either saying yes to him or you're saying no to him. You're not saying, oh, no, as soon as you go, ah, you just said no, okay? So just know this, you can be moving forward more and more. And then one of my favorite verses, 2 Corinthians 3 says, now the Lord is a spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is there's freedom and we all who with unveiled faces reflect the Lord's glory, we are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the spirit. Guys, I love this verse because I, what that says, instead of being a chipped, old, crappy piece of tile, half painted, that I can be transformed into the image of Jesus. No matter what brokenness is in my life, with ever-increasing glory, that means, I don't care how long you've been a Christian, ever-increasing means, when's it going to stop? Never. So man, just believe this as we go through this. Now, I, I am so sorry. I have to go really quick through these. But, but, but for all of us who walk, let me give you four steps. Four steps that you can take, okay, that'll actually help you get you closer to God. Number one, take a step in wisdom. Listen to this. For this reason, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you. What's Paul praying for us? He's asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. See now, and I chose wisdom here because this is really important because I didn't want to put knowledge because I don't know about you, but I've, I've met a lot of Christians who know a lot and don't look anything like Jesus. You guys ever met people like that? See, and this is really dangerous because the Bible says that knowledge puffs up and but love builds up. But what's wisdom? Wisdom is when you are receiving knowledge, but it's practically used in your life. See, he wants you to know God's will. He wants you right here to in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. But why? So that you'll walk in his ways. So here's the deal. Some of you, you need to take a step though because you, you've, you've got to keep growing in your understanding and your wisdom of who God is. That's a step for you to take. Now, how can you do that? Right here. Don't miss Sunday mornings. Every week, a chance to be in his presence, in his spirit, and hear his word. And I just want to tell you, there's a few people I look around and they take notes during the, the service. I always take notes whenever I'm not speaking. You know why? Because it helps me to get it embedded into my being. I take it home. It's with me. I can share it with my kids. It's, it's so, I just want to encourage you, some of you, just to take what you're hearing and make sure it just doesn't go like this and bounce off. Take some notes. Get it inside you on Sundays. Number two, I've already said these, go, join one of our K2U classes in, 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 in February so you can grow in understanding. Join your LTG group. Here's the other thing that's amazing to me is they're the best teachers in the world are available to you. Do you guys know that? You can listen to the top teachers on the planet through podcasts. That's all I did while I was laying that floor. I just listened to message after message and just received tons of teaching. Can I give you four names? I'm going to give you four names. These are my four. There's, there's hundreds of them. Here are my four that I think are fantastic. Number one, Tim Keller. He's a pastor out in New York City. Number two, Matt Chandler. Matt Chandler's a pastor down in Texas. Number three, John Burke another pastor down in Texas, and number four, Erwin McManus, who's a guy in California. Here's what I love about all four of those guys. They come from completely different angles, but they all love Jesus, and I, I keep growing in my wisdom by listening to them. Get these podcasts and go for it, all right? Lastly, really quick on this one, you gotta spend time in the word yourself. I can't even go into more than that. You know what Tom Johnson said? It wasn't, we couldn't get everything in his story. Even before he started going to church, he started reading the Bible. That's the first thing he did. And I just want to tell you, if you're a Christian and you're not spending any time reading the Bible, you are missing out every day to let God give you the wisdom that you need. Jump in. Okay. Number two, take a step in the spirit. If you want to get closer to God, 
in your follow of Christ, take a step in the Spirit. Galatians 5 says, I say walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. If we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So here's what's true about every Christian. You are not a Christian if the Spirit of God is not inside you. That's the hallmark of how you actually know that you're born again. And what the Bible says is that this, the, the Word of God is the sword of the Spirit. So when you're reading the Bible and you're hearing these messages, the Spirit takes those things and he starts prompting you and he starts moving in you. And I want to tell you what, you guys, this is when, why we call K2 an adventure with God. Because if you walk in the Spirit, you stay close to God. And here's what's true. The Spirit is prompting us all the time. The Spirit is speaking to us all the time. We just have to get, learn how to get used to his voice. And the way you do that is you step out. Can I give you two questions that I used in 2015 all year, and I'm going to use them all year in 2016. Help me more than anything else in my own personal walk with God. Number one, is there anything I did yesterday you didn't want me to do? Is there anything I did yesterday you didn't want me to do? And number two, is there anything I didn't do that you wanted me to do? And I'm telling you what, man, if every morning you'll ask those two questions and, be, and genuinely want to hear from God, he will let you know what you did and what you didn't do. And in that moment, you can repent and get back in step with the Spirit. Just do what he asks you to do and stop doing what he's asking you to stop doing. I'm telling you, that sounds so simple, and it is, but it is profound how many of us are simply not listening to the Spirit, okay? Take a step in the Spirit. Number three, take a step in love. Ephesians 5 says, therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and he gave himself up for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Listen, I, I cannot even go into this one, right? I don't have to tell you, we, we talk about this all the time. Love each other, okay? Just, just try that one, see what happens, okay? Now, what would that mean? The only thing I'll say is in this passage, it says, how do you do that? You give yourself up for another. Give yourself up. That's how Jesus loves you. He gave himself up for you. Now you give yourself up for another. I'm telling you, you take that step and it will change your life as well as the people around you, all right? Number four, take a step into the light. Real quickly on this one as well. First John says, if we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and don't live out the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. You guys, I, I, I use this verse probably more than any other verse when I'm just kind of meeting with some people and talking through their walk. Here's, here's what's interesting. We actually think that we can walk in darkness, that we can do and live a life that God doesn't want us to live and receive the blessing of God at the same time. Do y'all know that you do that? We all do that. And here's what the Bible's saying. Listen, if you claim to have fellowship with God, but you walk in darkness, you lie. And you know who you're lying to? Yourself. You're duping yourself. You're actually thinking that God is gonna bless your life when you're constantly living in a way that he doesn't want you to live. And the Bible cannot be more clear. Listen, you want 2016 to be different than 2015? Then get out of the darkness and step into the light. Confess that, and, the, and here's your action steps. Simply confess it. To be honest with you, those two questions that I gave you, that's, that's been my confession to God. It's how I can make sure that if I've been in the darkness yesterday, that he can let me know so I can get in the light today. And if I do that on a daily basis, it helps me from getting way off over here where you never wanted to be in the first place. None of us ever want to be in the rough. We all want to be in the fairway. That rough happens slowly. So make your accounts quickly with God. All right? And here's the last thing I'll say on this one. You gotta find somebody else to tell your junk to. Because lots of times you can just hide it and there's no power. For some reason, the power to have victory over it doesn't come. And I want to tell you what, man, 
When you find somebody who you can be honest with, who will love you, but be truthful with you, who will hate your sin as much as you hate it, but will love you unconditionally when you share it, it is one of the absolute most powerful things a human being can experience. In fact, James, in his word, he says, when you confess your sins to one another, you will be healed. So I, I just want to encourage you, man. We called them running partners years ago to find one other person who you actually believe knows the gospel. And if you can be honest with them, I tell you what, you will walk in the light and you will be different. All right? So there we go. Take a step by seeking. Take a step closer to God by receiving. You're young in your faith. Take a step in God by craving the elementary truths. And man, if you're already following God, there are plenty of steps for you to take. And I'm just gonna close with this one last thing. Ban, you guys can come on up. I have one more point that I'm gonna actually, I'll, I'll, I'll just introduce it today. But to be honest with you, I think it's gonna be a good precursor to our next five weeks. And here's what I know. There's a walk with God and every one of those things is, ne it, they will never grow old, okay? You always have to walk in love. You always have to take steps uh, in the light. You always have to take all these steps that I just went through. But Christian, there is another gear. There is another gear and very few followers of Christ ever kick it in to the final gear. The Bible says that there is a walk, but then it says, but if you're a disciple of Jesus and you really want to go for it, there is a race that you can actually move from walking to running. And here's what I know. This looks different for everybody. I don't know exactly what this is like, but here's what I know. Some of you, you're, you've been walking and you know there's more. How many of you know? How many of you just feel like you're a Christian, but you know there's more? Anybody feel that? Okay, here's what I want to tell you. There is. There is a race to be won, but very few Christians ever run it. Now listen, can I share with you why? Listen to these verses. Hebrews 12. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us stop walking. Let's start running the race with perseverance that has been marked out for us. Fixing your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. First Corinthians nine says this, do you know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run. All you guys who just rose your hands, Run in such a way then to win the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I don't fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and I make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Oh, you guys, 2016 could be so freaking awesome. But I'm telling you, then you gotta throw off what? Everything that hinders. Oh, okay, well, I think I'll just go back to the walk. You gotta throw off everything that hinders. You gotta throw off the sin that's entangling you. You have to run with perseverance. That means you don't quit. That means you don't get tired. That, don't means, that means you don't get fed up. It means you keep going. You fix your eyes on Jesus and not the American dream. You fix your eyes on him. And then you go into strict training. And again, we're like, okay, forget that. You know, an hour on Sunday is good, man. Strict training. And you strike a blow to your body so that it won't master you. I'm so sick of this thing. This fight, but guess what? My fight with this thing is gonna be here until I see Jesus one day. And so here's what I know, man. If I'm gonna live the life that Jesus Christ died for me to live, I gotta go into some strict training. I gotta give him everything I've got. 
I gotta figure out not even what's the sin of my life, but what in this crappy world is holding me down. And I gotta throw it off and then run the race. Anybody else wanna run the race? Somebody gave this to me after the first service. The first service didn't get this. Let your faith be bigger than your fear. Let your faith be bigger than your fear. I don't care if you're not a believer in God. To seek him is scary. To receive him will freak you out. And here's what I learned. It never stops being scary. To literally walk and take one more step closer to God, every step freaks me out. Every step challenges my faith. Every step gets in the face of my flesh and I have to fight it every time. So man, let's get arm in arm with each other. And let's literally go for it in 2016. And next week, we're gonna start a series and it's called Make 2016 Great. Oh, I can't wait for these next five weeks. We're gonna understand what greatness looks like in the kingdom of God. And I wanna encourage you, don't miss a week. Persevere, get it inside you, and find out the life that God has for you. So everybody stand up. Here's how we're gonna end today. If the Spirit of God has been speaking to you today, if you feel like you're being encouraged to take a step to seek Him this year, if you've been seeking and you feel this morning, I think I'm supposed to take the step of receiving Him. Whew, that's a big one. Or a step of craving, or walking, or running. Man, Spirit speaking, like Tom Johnson said, don't just listen, hear him. And here's what I know to be true. What happens in your will in the next 10 to 15 minutes, you get to decide right now. You get to decide in the next 10 to 15 minutes whether you're going to take the step that the Holy Spirit's already been asking you to take. And in this time of worship, worship gives you a chance to say, God, I love you and I surrender to you and I will walk with you. So we're going to take our offering while we do this. And I want to tell you what, man, again, for all of you who are saying, man, I want to take a step. I want to run the race. This is such an absolute important thing because Jesus told us your heart follows your finances. So if all of your finances, none of it goes back to God, you guys, your heart can't follow. It's following something else. This is absolutely critical for us to walk the walk that God has for us, to give back to him what's his. So do this in this moment, joyfully say, thank you, God, for all you've given to me. I'm giving it to you. And let's worship him right now and say, Jesus, I'm gonna take a step in 2016. Give me grace, give me mercy, give me power, because I wanna follow you, all right? Let's do it.